Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. We have a good friend of mine on. He's uh, uh, an investment uh, uh, banker or investment whatever. He'll tell us. He's got and, a lot of money. And, and, the, and they got a lot of money. <laughs> and, and, and the thing is, uh, the good news is the market cannot go down today. It's closed. <laughs> With us today is uh, Paul Luntzis, a good friend. How are you, Paul? I'm great, John. Thank you for having me. Tell us, how would you describe yourself? You invest a lot of money for a lot of good friends of us. And uh, describe yourself. Yeah, Launcus Asset Management, John, LLC. We're an SEC-registered investment advisor. We're headquartered in Pennsylvania, but I live and work out of New York City and have for the last seven years. And we basically manage customized portfolios. We buy individual securities, both stocks and various fixed-income securities for clients, and we customize those portfolios for the specific needs and goals of each client. Paul, give us the pulse of the market. Uh, you know, it's been a roller coaster lately. Uh, you know, it's up one day, down the next day. Uh, what would you advise uh, uh, people out there, and all New Yorkers, all Americans, to do? I mean, America is America. Uh, even though what Washington is uh, trying to shoot down America every day, Washington, instead of, of standing by America, uh, what, do you, what do you feel? I think, John, given what's going on, particularly the very volatile first quarter, I think volatility is here to stay. The market's going to be going up and down. It's going to remain volatile for the foreseeable future. There's a confluence of factors that are impacting that. Inflation of 8.5%, which came out April 12th. The Fed's reducing their balance sheet by $95 billion a month as opposed to buying mortgage-backed securities and, and treasuries. Raise, raising interest rates, which is what Fed's involved in doing now. May, they're supposed to go probably 50 basis points maybe to get to 2 2.5% by year-end. So, you know, I think the Russia-Ukrainian crisis is, a, is another uh, issue. Um, so there's, you know, supply chain issues, the COVID reemergence in China. There's all these factors that are really, really impacting how people view investing. And, uh, I mean, the prices of, uh, of uh, food is going up. The prices of clothing is going up. Everything is going up. Now, the problem can be solved very easily by opening up North America and getting more energy and more crude oil to the people and bring down the price of, uh, of, of gasoline, uh, nobody can figure out why we're not doing it. That's a, that's a really good point, John. Uh, energy accounted for a disproportionate share of the increase in inflation, and it seems to be, as you're describing, self-inflicted. Um, I don't know why we're relying on foreigners. Not only is it an economic issue impacting our country, you know, employment and, and so forth, but it's also a national security issue. And so I, I just don't understand. I agree with you 100%. I don't understand why we are not encouraging more drilling, the Keystone Pipeline bringing that in. It would do so much good for our economy in so many ways. And 
they chose the other path of raising interest rates because of inflation instead of instead of bringing the prices down, raise the interest rates, and the thirty year uh, mortgage is over five percent already. How bad is that going to hurt the real estate markets? Well, you can see, John, already in the bank earnings, uh, J.P. Morgan came out uh, on Wednesday and then yesterday, Wells, Citigroup, Morgan Stanley, and U.S. Bank and others. The mortgage origination business in all those collectively is down about 30%, some a little higher, some a little lower. Mortgage rates, the 30-year fix, which is really the bellwether, has gone from 2.65% to you know 5% plus. It's going to really significantly impact housing. Housing prices, because we've underbuilt by 5.5 to 6 million homes since 08-09, there's just no inventory around the country. And so prices have escalated in many parts of the country. I've been to North Carolina recently and Florida and Georgia. Prices are up 40, 50, 60%. So you take the elevated price of residential homes, and then you throw in an additional increase in interest rates, I don't know how you avoid it from really having a very, very significant negative impact on housing. Judge Weinberg? Paul, it's uh, Richard Weinberg. Good morning. What I want to ask you is this. In terms of uh, consumer sentiment, when people's houses value goes up, they feel flush and they buy. Does that, and when it goes down, they they're less flush in their sentiment, and they, they buy less. How, so when the real estate goes down, the value is perceived to go down, how does that impact investing in the stock market? Well, I think, I think Judge, it's great speaking with you. I think it, it really impacts how people think about the world. As rates have come down and, and, and asset prices everywhere have escalated, stock prices, the stock market, residential real estate, many, many other areas are just booming. There's just so much money out there, and that's partly because the Fed has kept rates so low so long. But there's very, very few places to find things that are very, very attractively priced. Um, but consumer sentiment, when the price, when the value of your home goes down, it really impacts how you look at the world, and it impacts how people feel. Depression. Like the, it makes yeah, you feel just, bad. Yeah. Well, it's it's a real challenge for the Fed, and I don't know how they get out of this by lower, you know, by raising interest rates. They're walking a very, very fine line by raising interest rates and trying to stop demand to reduce inflation. It, they pre- it will how stop they building a recession. It will stop building new homes. It will stop uh, buying of new homes, and people are going to wait uh, for two percent interest rates again. And guess what? It's not, not happening. It's not going to happen. Yeah. George Venizelos, you had a you had a question. Yeah. Hey, Paul, it's George Venizelos. How are you? Great, Paul. When I when I started the FBI as a new agent in '91, it was you know I was up in Boston, signed to Boston, and it was Boston was coming off the the real estate crisis where where the the real estate market collapsed um, because of stuff like this. Where yeah, everybody the prices have gotten so high, and with these rates start going up too high, it, it won't be long where the, the risk is that your mortgage should be higher than what your house is worth, you know. Um, have we gotten smarter in, in the bank industry in, in, in the, so we don't have this risk again? Yeah, that's a great question, George. Yes, I, I agree, though, George, but we are in a much, much better position. Despite the concerns we've all raised, the consumer in general is in a much, much better position. The no-doc, low-doc loans – 
the unethical behavior from mortgage originators and credit underwriting at banks, et cetera, consumers are in far, far better financial shape, and banks have double the capital or more that they had in 08, 09. So the dilemma that occurred or the de- devastation that occurred back in 06, 07, leading to the disaster in 08, 09, I don't foresee that occurring again. I just don't. Banks have much higher FICO scores. They're much more difficult to borrow from. They're being much, much more careful. They do remember what happened in 08, 09. So I don't foresee that occurring. But I do, I am concerned that with rates rising, it's the rapidity and magnitude of the increases that's really the challenge. And with houses having risen and appreciated so much, a lot of people are really going to be shut out. And the implication of that is rents are going through the roof because people can't afford to buy homes, so it's significantly increasing rents. I think rents are up 20% plus uh, or more, and in many markets, they're up 25 and 30%. Paul, there's another, there's another problem. The, uh, as you recall, the Community Reinvestment Act was one of the proximate causes of the housing crisis because the, the politicians in Washington forced the banks to make these, to make these loans. And they seem to have forgotten that because there's now sentiment to try to do that again in Washington to, in the name of so-called affordable housing. What think you? Judge, that's a really great point. Back in the early mid-'90s, Barney Frank and others really were pushing Freddie and Fannie, which had such a significant impact in, in, in housing and in lending. They really, really encouraged them to do what you just described. And the reality was home ownership went from the low-mid-'60s to almost 70%. And the reality was a lot of people were buying homes that shouldn't be buying homes. And so it, it was all along. It was the, it was the buyers. It was the, the banks that were lending the money. It was the mortgage originators. It was the appraisers. Um, if that continues, that could really precipitate some very, very big challenges again, Judge, if that, if that continues along that path. You shouldn't be buying a home if you don't meet the typical credit scores and you don't have the income. And, and, and Congress should not be forcing banks to make bad loans. Yes, and, no then, and, then, and, then, and then they're holding them accountable. Uh, well, I'm going to let Curtis Sliwa, a person who's never going to buy a home. Never. <laughs> never going to buy a home. He doesn't want to leave the West Side. He doesn't want to leave his cats. That's what he <laughs> I mean, what, what, where else can you have a cat house? You're right. <laughs> we can, Curtis we, we cat can, house. We can build, you can take a three-story home. And put the, 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 the cats on the first two stories, and uh, you can write it off as a cat house. Well, many of you, <laughs> I, know, I know people laugh at me, but many of you are going to have to scale down. I live in a 328-square-foot apartment with my wife, Nancy, How many and cats, 18 Curtis? rescue cats. But the rents are going up for that, too. Up, up, up. Everything's going your up. Your poor landlord Paul, and your neighbors. Paul Luntzis, thank you so much for coming on and, and giving the pulse to the um, New Yorkers and the American people. And we'll catch up with you again real soon. Thank you, John. Have a blessed Easter, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. If you had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients, and they will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today, 800-560-0214 for a free consultation. 
consultation or email them at info at gabolaw.com. That's G-A-B-O-Law.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident.